Hey, good morning, Rob Ryersey. Nice to see you today on uh, Fabulous Tuesday for the Common Good Political Podcast. Good morning, Doug Paget. Good to see you. Thank you. Hey, I'm in Minneapolis. You're in Arkansas, and I think I saw a graphic today that there's a heat dome over all of us. Are you uh, are you experiencing uh, the ominous uh, yes. ominous heat heat dome? Yes, we temperature in the car yesterday was 107. Wow, which is entirely too hot. Uh, supposed to get up to 97 today. Okay, um, but I expect it probably to go higher. We're supposed to be over 100 all week, and it's just good grief. Just miserable. That's going to happen here in the great state of Minnesota as well. Uh, I saw on, on the app, uh, maybe tomorrow, 100 was the forecast. Triple digits. Yeah. And, you know, I brag about this all the time. It's one thing for a hot place in the south. It's another place, you know, thing for a place where it's 20 below a few months ago. Mm-hmm. That, that's like a 120 degree swing. It's like yeah. Mars, like Mars around here. You know, you know what else seems to be heating up, Rob, is uh, <laughs> our poor boy. Uh, I mean, the just the poor sucker is uh, arrested. Oh, we're just jumping right in. Oh, just uh, the, today, I mean, all just the little little niblets of stories we have. And <laughs> and the way that that takes us on little side trails, there is, there yeah. is no end to our uh, our ongoing conversation. But I'll tell you, the... You know, the head of the, uh, what do they call it again? The, the criminal enterprise in Georgia yes. mm-hmm. is going to present himself for arrest. I wonder if he's going to stick his arms out, stick his hands out. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I got to say, I'm, I, while I'm glad he's going to be arrested for the fourth time, I'm also. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I, just, I mean, you just sit with it for a second and just. it's like, wow. Um, I am a little disappointed because, as you know, last week, if you remember, I predicted that he would not surrender, Mm -hmm. um, that he would dig his heels in. I guess that's still a possibility, but it does look like the terms of his surrender have uh, have been negotiated. A two hundred thousand dollar bond. Amazing. Uh, I, you know, I'm not super familiar with like bond and bail. Whoa. You're just moving me around. Um, I, I'm not, not supposed I'm not, to happen. Wow. People on people listening to the audio are going to be like, "Wait, what are you even talking nothing, about?" Nothing. Nothing even happened. Um, no, it was just um, a, just a moment of glitch yeah, in, the, in the matrix. Yeah. yeah, and and I'm going to take that opportunity to turn on my do not disturb, so I don't get hey. texts during the middle of the uh, Great. Uh, the uh, the conversation. But uh, you know, two hundred thousand dollar bond. I'm you know I don't know. I, I don't understand bond and bail and all that. I I've never really had a reason to, thankfully. Uh, but you know he's gonna have to he's gonna have to put some money down. Um, he also, according to the terms of uh, his arrest, you know, will be agreeing not to oh I don't know tamper with witnesses. Yeah, unbelievable, which huh? is which is uh, you know uh, <laughs> like. Isn't that already against the law? Isn't that part of the <laughs> deal? <laughs> like, they have to give him to... special instructions, like parents yes. leaving on a weekend, yes. and they say to their kids, yes. okay, I just want to go over this again. Yep, you exactly. cannot have 11 people in this house. When I'm when, Right. Like, we're going to spell <laughs> right. this out. Former president, chief of the law enforcement division of the federal government. We need to tell you, specifically from the state of Georgia... Yeah. You can't tamper with witnesses. I mean, it's just it truly, Rob, yeah. that is a great that is a great find in the nuttiness that is yes. this fella. Yeah. And, you know, he did he did joke apparently last night on uh, on Truth Social about how he might just flee the country. Yeah. Uh, he might just head to Russia, 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 as he said. I don't know why he repeat, repeated it three times. Well, it's because it's um, the Russia, Russia, Russia chant. That's what he's he's mocking. Yeah, his 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 truthy his truther his 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 truth. What do they what do they call a post on Truth Social? I mean, you're uh, I'm, I'm not on there. Do you, do you, I I I'm on there very very occasionally. Yeah. What do they call uh, it? a truth? Uh, like uh, a tweet? I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, I don't know what any of well, it's his truth was uh, making fun of the fact that they put up that they put a bond on him at all. Like, what am I going to mm-hmm. do? Go live with Vladimir Putin? But the fact that that's in his head, you know, anybody <laughs> yes. who knows like sarcasm <laughs> is like, oh, that's all rooted in something. You yeah. know, he's I, yeah, thought about it. It says a golden dome. Like he harkens <laughs> back in that little truth back to yes. the uh, the the steel dossier about how there were accusations that Donald Trump had. Um, illicit affairs inside of hotel rooms in Russia and had uh, people urinate on him. That's what was in there. That's what they were so freaked out about coming out. If people don't even know, because some people have forgotten about all that. So, but that's what he was referring to under the golden dome and all this nonsense. It just, yeah. he's such a, such a piece of, uh, of classless work, work, work. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just, it's just yeah. truly stunning to me. Yeah. Yeah, so do you think he will actually surrender on Thursday? Oh, yeah, I think he's going to make a big media deal out of it. I think that's why mm-hmm. he's telling people. I think his decision, I, here's the thing he knows. He is going to be in serious legal trouble. So the best yeah. bet he's got is to get people on his side and to try to stay out of the uh, of any more incarceration uh, uh, situations because he knows that he's in trouble. And, uh, and his lawyers at some point... As a self-preservationist, as a narcissist, his major concern is, I do not want to have my liberty taken from me. And so them sticking a $200,000 bond, which normally you pay 10%, but then you're liable for two hundred grand. I know we all say, what's that to Donald Trump? I'll tell you, it's a lot because he doesn't have that yes. much money. Yes, he's not actually, he doesn't have liquidity. No, and he's uh, not even paying his lawyers. Right. Right. So, Doug, let me let me mention this. I was at a birthday party last night for my nephew, mm. uh, which was super fun because we now have family close enough that we can attend birthday parties, which is awesome. OK. Um, and I uh, was chatting with my sister-in-law and uh, we were chatting about Donald Trump. And she said she offered Doug is wrong. Oh, oh, oh. Wow. Like, Boy, welcome to the club. Said, Does she know there's shirts I, I and hats about that? that there's... <laughs> I said, I said, uh, you listen to the podcast? And she's like, yes, I listen to the podcast. Uh, she said, Doug is wrong. Okay. I said, tell him that he's wrong. Okay. She's an Enneagram she, 8. She's a Ryer well, so. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she's actually a, she's she's actually Vanessa's sister. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, well, she can. Which. M- which reminded me of one of my favorite pictures on my phone is a picture of you and Vanessa in a uh, oh, restaurant in Washington, okay. D.C., arguing about Monica Lewinsky, which is just fantastic. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. But I do. <laughs> I do. So, somehow Monica, poor Monica. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she thinks she said you're wrong in saying that that. Um, that his narcissism will lead him to cut a deal mm-hmm. that keeps him out of prison. Um, she thinks that his narcissism will means that he will fight it tooth and nail and never admit that he was wrong or never plead guilty or in any way, shape or form that he would rather as a narcissist, he would rather go to prison as a as a victim of persecution, then uh, no way. He is pain avoidant to the nth degree. Right. <laughs> he is pain avoidance. Well, we yeah. totally. I totally got to get Courtney on the podcast. Do you know what I just did right there? Did you see you? that? I reached I, out. There was a spider. I saw that. There was a spider yeah. coming down right, and there was a spider hanging right there in front of my face, and I didn't even say anything. I just reached out and, and got it like, <laughs> uh, like you're Mister Miato. Yeah. So. So sorry about that little hand motion. That was not a reference yeah. to anything we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But look, you, look, yeah. nobody, nobody knows. Everybody's speculating on yeah. what they think narcissists yeah. are going to do. Watching this guy be so pain avoidant, so conflict avoidant, conflict <laughs> avoidant, couldn't even fire the people that he was bragging about firing. So he'd fire them <laughs> I, on, sorry. on the I'm, internet. I, 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 a, I need to, I need to just interrupt for a second. You say he's pain avoidant, and for some reason that reminds me. Do you remember the time he looked at the eclipse? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, that so, guy. So when, and, and here's the deal. I mean, look, every, uh, here's, here's why I think this is the case. And this isn't just a commentary about Donald Trump. This is just about all of us, right? I mean, that's the thing about Trump. That's part of the reason we talk a lot about him is because he is an avatar as much as he is um, yes. uh, a four-time uh, charged felon and a failed presidential candidate and a failed casino owner, which there are not very many failed casino owners, just to, just to put a bow on it. And there's very few that are, uh, that are four-time felons, failed casino, casino owners, and currently running for president. That's who were, was impeached twice. Who <laughs> was, was also turned on by his co-workers in the federal branch of the government. Uh, they, they also didn't, didn't like him, didn't even give him a going-away party. Um, so, so we're all speculating about this because it's about human, mm-hmm. human behavior. It's about, like, how do we approach the world? And what we all do is project our own experience or something we've seen from someone else onto this blank canvas that is the blank face of, of Donald Trump. <laughs> when he is facing the fact that a jury could come back and a judge who he thinks is out to get him is going to say, you will spend the rest of your life detained and your only hope is that a future president will pardon you or he makes a deal by which he can spin it any way he wants because what they've all set up, this whole crowd, Michael Flynn, uh, Roger Stone, uh, uh, Paul uh, Manafort, uh, Steve Bannon, all convicted and all saying, after they can, are convicted and plead, I didn't do anything. I was yeah. forced into it. So yeah. that's going to be the setup, right? This was political persecution. This is what the government will do. They give you no other choices. All these people lied on me. I had to do the very best. I He's not actually going to take responsibility. This is a man who literally can lose a presidential election and then just say, I didn't lose. He will say, I plead guilty and then say, I'm not guilty. Of course yeah. he will. If it's that, like he's going to lie about what he told the truth about, that's more likely than the guy's going to say, I'm going to sit in a, in a room with an ankle bracelet on because I didn't want to admit I was wrong, sucking his little mm-hmm. thumb. He isn't, he's not sitting up on some wall like Humpty Dumpty here. This guy is already keying up for sure. And any decent lawyer is going to say, sir, uh, don't, okay. uh, don't get an ankle bracelet. There's or if you do ast- have an ankle bracelet and be free to move about the cabin. But there's you- there's the asterisk that needs to be put on it. You said any decent lawyer. Yeah. I mean, sure. <laughs> he like he I mean, I like it's I know it, it feels like taking pot shots at him for his lawyer mess, but my goodness, this guy, he like he goes through lawyers like I you know, I, I yeah. don't even I don't even know like sure. What, it's just, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, but the the other thing is, look, Donald Trump has avoided consequences. Yes. Legal consequences. Most of his life. Yeah. How has he done that? By finding a way to get out of it. So the idea that he's just going to let the system run its course because he doesn't want to admit it. He's far more pain avoidant, self protectionist, narcissistic than that. I think. But this Georgia one really has him in a pickle. Now, that's yeah, it does. Th- none of this is happening before 2025, 2026, probably in this Georgia case. Truly, that thing is set up, you know, with all those defendants and all these appeals and just the complications of state court. That that case, the one that we're talking about, that Trump is going to go and turn himself in, put his hands up and have to drop twenty thousand uh, dollars, you know, to back up a two hundred thousand dollar bond. Um is uh, that's going to be a ways off, but it's also going to be hanging over his head for a very long time. It's going to be hanging over his head. Now, do you think he decided to do this uh, to turn himself in on Thursday as to blot out the news coverage of whatever's going to happen on the debate stage uh, the night, uh, the night before, because at least eight candidates are going to be asking for the uh, Republicans in this country to pick them rather than Donald Trump. So I'm thinking yeah. he's just saying, hey, uh, what happened to me? Did I disappear? Yeah. Where yeah, am I, Rob? Um, where where so, am I? Uh, uh, Have I disappeared you? in you're, the world? Yes, yes. You're not on the screen currently. 
Uh, we can hear you, but you, we, you're you. not on the screen. So while you're getting yourself back on the screen, let me let me mention this graphic that you just put up. Um, for those of you that are just listening, it's a graphic um, of pictures of the eight candidates who have qualified for the first presidential debate. Um, going around the horn, we've got former Vice President Mike Pence, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former UN Secretary uh, Ambassador UN Ambassador Nikki Haley, um, and Georgia go- and uh, sorry Louisiana uh, Governor Nikki Haley. South Carolina. So, Governor. South, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yep. Uh, some guy named Vivek, um, tech entrepreneur uh, who, who plays tennis apparently and can rap. Um, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, South Carolina uh, Senator Tim Scott, and some dude I have no idea who he is. Who's that? Who's who's that last guy? He's I, the he's literally, the literally. I am the political director of a national political organization. <laughs> I work in politics. It's what I do. Who's that guy? I don't know who that guy is. I don't think anyone's going to say you, that you shouldn't be in this job, Rob. Chance but. to be. Th- no, I'm saying that this guy shouldn't be on the debate stage because he's got zero chance to be president. I actually I do know who he is now because I looked him up. I actually don't know his name. I know his title. I think his name is Doug. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a but, forgotten uh, Doug. Yeah, yeah, he. But he is the apparently the governor, governor of one of the Dakotas, North North um, Dakota, North Dakota. North. <laughs> so the it's part of flyover country for those who aren't familiar with that well, with that I region of America. Flyover country. It's uh, North I live Dakota. in flyover country. You do too. But yes. my goodness, uh, this guy, who, come on, come mm-hmm. on, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Look, they, he's I he's mean, also a tech uh, billionaire, millionaire, hundreds of millions, millionaire, a wealthy person who's decided to put himself into the into the run. You know, it's it's okay. There's eight former vice president gravitas, mm-hmm. current governors, Meh. current governor yeah. of the one of the larger states in the country gravitas, mm-hmm. former governor I think of North Dakota. Still a state. There's only there's only fifty governors, so a little bit of gravitas. Still a state. A, a current sitting senator, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of gravitas. Um, uh, uh, a bulldog pundit who chose to shut down a bridge just to punish his political uh, rival in an act of spite. Um, Chris Christie, no gravitas. Um, another former governor, and no one cares about any of these people. Right. Like go back to 2016 in the debate stage. Think about who you remember being on the debate stage. Go back to 2012. Those who wanted to be the candidate then go back to 2008. All the candidates then nobody cares about any of these people. Now, I'm, I'm not being petty or mean or anything. It's just seriously, none of them have any sort of. They've risen above any of it. Maybe Mike Pence. And if you're political. Wow. Maybe Ron DeSantis, if you're political, if you're just an average person and you put up this picture, most people we know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast and watch this live stream might look at that picture and even say to themselves, I'm not sure who those people are. I recognize a couple of them, but I don't know who they are. Then you put Donald Trump's picture up there and people are like, well, yeah. And that would have been true before he uh, ventured into committing crimes uh, at the at the national level. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I I was able to name I, I'll say six and a half because I don't know Vivek's last name. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I, so I was able to name six and a half of them. I think you're right that there's a lot of people who would have no idea who yeah. these people are. I mean, maybe Mike Pence probably gets a little bit of recognition, but. But even that. So, I mean, you picture you can just picture like the, you know, the Jimmy Kimmel out on the out on the sidewalk yeah. outside of the theater in L.A. asking people, um, you know, who are these people and you know, the funny answers you would get. Um, yeah. You remember back in um, 2016 when there were something like 22 Republicans running for president. This yeah. is. 
There are currently 13 running for president. Eight of them have qualified to be on the debate stage now. Interestingly, Donald Trump not qualified to be on the debate stage. He's claiming <laughs> seriously. He's, there are four. He is so unqualified. Are, he's not even qualified to be in the debate for the nomination. Yep. That he there is are, currently leading. He is that. Yes. That. There are four requirements that the Republican Party is set to be. Um, Alex just came through with Vivek's full name. Um, Alex, if you didn't Google that, I'm going to be impressed. Uh, but I think you Googled that. Um, well, there's, to, uh, there's yeah. things we remember I'm in our brains and things we anything, remember Alex, in our Googles. Yes, yeah. yeah, exactly. She's just helping um, you. So, yeah. So if, you know, there are four things to qualify to be on the uh, the debate stage. Uh, polling, uh, donations, you have to have a certain number of, of individual donations. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember one of them. But one of them is the, um, is the, oh, oh here it is. It's, um, so status poll. So you've got to actually like be, um, uh, wow, Alex, that's impressive. Um, you've got to actually, you know, be a candidate. So status, polling, fundraising. And then the fourth requirement yep. is you have to have signed a pledge saying that uh, you will support the Republican nominee for president, whoever that might be. And uh, and Donald Trump um, yes. Won't do it. has not signed that pledge. It's truly remarkable, isn't it? He's the, he's the guy who said, no, I won't... Uh, I won't sign the pledge. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Where yeah. Uh, just a week ago, um, one of the, or on Sunday, uh, Bill Cassidy, a senator from Louisiana, who yeah. voted to impeach Trump, said yeah. Trump should drop out of the race, mm -hmm. then said, but if he's a nominee, I'd probably have to vote for him. Even a guy who voted to impeach Trump is willing to vote for whoever the Republican nominee is because that's how tight the cult is. But Donald Trump himself won't do it. Yeah. Think on that loyal, for a minute. The loyalty with Trump, and we've seen this over and over and it's over amazing. again. The loyalty with Trump is a one-way street. It it's, really is. You have to be loyal to him, and he has no loyalty to you. And, and people are even just loyal to the party, just straight up loyal to the party. And then and one even, of the commitments you have to make, and even Chris Christie has said, I'll make Chris the pledge Christie. and then I'll violate it. I don't care. What are you going to do yeah. to me? What are you going to do to me if you ask me who I voted for and I say, no, I changed my mind? You're then going to, and I'm not the nominee and this thing is over. It's ridiculous that they, that they yes. act like these pledges have any teeth. Nothing wrong with making the pledge, right? Because yeah. that's what most pledges are. I mean, let's go as far as saying, you know, a, a friendship agreement or a marriage. There's no penalty yeah. for breaking your vows, but they're, you still yeah, make your vows, right? Yeah, they're, they're an agreement with the intention of lasting and the understanding that it might not. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they're yeah. intentions. So my intent is, of course, to support the Republican nominee. Well, not, but not if it's going to be, you know, Rob Ryersey yeah. or Doug Padgett. I'm not voting for those people. Or Donald Trump, like there's there's some exceptions to the pledge yeah. that I'm making. Donald Trump says the reason I'm not in the debate is that we all know that's not why Donald Trump is skipping this debate. He's skipping the debate because he doesn't need to be there and he doesn't want to give eyeballs to people yeah. who only want to watch Donald Trump because they're sycophantic world of following Donald Trump. They don't want he doesn't want to share any stage time with these people. Yeah. And from a political or marketing perspective side you'd have to ask yourself why would he <laughs> i mean truly what yeah. what's what's in it for him as a man for whom the question is only what's in it for him yeah he, it, this debate only hurts him um you mm -hmm. know could only hurt him in the position he's in you know because if he's on stage and he gets rattled when chris christie comes after him um yeah that like that could that could that could really hurt his status. Like that could hurt his standing um, with, with potential voters. If he's not there, if he's, you know, chatting with Tucker Carlson, you know, from Mar-a-Lago, like the, apparently the plan is, 
um, you know, he's he's going to be just fine. Um, and he's already recorded. I, he's already recorded that. Did you hear this? Recorded yes. it days ago. So they're going to play a five-day-old interview. <laughs> like Donald Trump thinks, and he's probably right, more people who want to pay attention to Donald Trump would rather watch him talk to someone five days ago than watch the actual real-life interaction between eight other candidates who are seeking the nomination in their party. And the truth of it is, 42% of those Republicans will do exactly that. They'll watch Donald Trump rather than pay attention to any of the rest of them. Because they have no interest in voting. I think, Rob, I don't know what the number is. I think it's 20% probably of Trump supporters for whom if it's not Donald Trump on the ballot, they're not going to vote for anyone. Now, are there 20, yeah. is that same 20% I uh, replaceable by people who won't vote for Trump, Donald Trump, but would vote for someone else? Perhaps, perhaps, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, 20%, I, wow, that's interesting. I, my sense is it's a higher number than oh, that. That, that, that would loyalty, sit it out if it wasn't Trump. That, mm -hmm. Yeah, that the, the loyalty to Trump by certain people that, that support him goes really, really mm -hmm. deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, what, you know, whatever it is, he's got 67% of Republican voters right now, right? So some percentage of those are Trump only. Yep. Like there's a whole yep. group of never Trumpers and there's a whole set yep. of Trump onlys. And then they might go vote, you know, for somebody yep. else. You know, like a lot of people yep. who supported Bernie then moved over and voted for Trump. Like it's, there's a confusing set of people for whom uh, the, the, the binaries that we all think about on this or that, that's not the this or that that they're, that they're utilizing. So there could be a bunch of people who, um, you know, sit it out and then a bunch of people who, who slide in. Rob, I talked about this a little bit on Red Hat, Blue Hat talk yesterday with, with uh, yeah. Casey Franklin. Uh, I thought it'd be worth bringing up here too. Um, this is the, uh, the CBS News and YouGov poll, uh, which by the way, YouGov, Y-O-U-G-O-V is the name of a organization that does a lot of polling. It just seems like in this day and age, it should have been just the letter U. Doesn't it seem like it just should have been just YouGov? But anyway, uh, the CBS News YouGov poll asked Republican voters, do you feel like what X entity tells you is true? So do you feel like what Donald Trump tells you is true? 71% of those people said yes. Do you feel like what your family and friends tell you is true? 63%. <laughs> These are people who trust more what Donald Trump tells them than their family or friends. And 40 or 37% of those people don't trust what their family and friends tell them. So it's not just us. <laughs> conservative media figures. Do you trust what conservative media figures tell you? 56%. Not 63. Not, not 71 like Trump. These are Republicans who say, if conservative media figures tell me something, 56% of them say I believe it, 44% say I don't. But 71% say I, I believe Donald Trump, what he tells me. And then religious leaders, 42%. 42%. Now, that might be the 42% that are religious people in the Republican Party that support Trump. That seems about right, who are like, no, I believe what religious people tell me. But then there's a whole other, you know, 29% of people who don't believe what the religious leader tells them, but do believe what Donald Trump tells them. And this was a stunning fact to me, that that number of people, that Donald Trump is the most believable character out of family and friends, conservative media figures, and religious people, and Donald Trump, more people think Donald Trump tells them the truth. It, that, yeah. is, uh, that is really wild. And for uh, setting all the danger aside of Donald Trump's political impact. It's an amazing thing that this person has pulled off. Yeah. Just stunning. I mean, beyond oh. what anyone could have considered at any level, no matter how you, I mean, I don't know if they polled uh, democratic voters and said, do you believe what Barack Obama tells you? Barack Obama tells you is true. I don't know. Maybe the number would be 71%. I mean, may maybe these numbers would play out across the board. Maybe people don't trust their family and friends. Maybe they don't trust, cons uh, you know, media figures, even if they're on their own political spectrum. And maybe they don't trust religious leaders. Might have a point there. But this is just a little bit stunning to me. Yeah. 
how so give us a little preview of of red hat blue hat for those folks that haven't watched it um what was what was casey's reaction to this poll so red hat blue hat is a conversation that i have with my friend casey franklin we've been friends for decades and are both faith leaders and kind of come from the same area similar age he supports trump strongly and uh i i don't and so we talk, and so we talk I about don't. that, and so we talk about that uh, because we've been texting back and forth for a year about all, all manner of things. Yeah. So, so we've decided we now have two episodes under our belts uh, in this conversation. He led this week, and I, but I asked him to uh, respond to this, and he said basically, "Well, this is what attacking Donald Trump does to people. It makes them double down and support Trump all the more." That was one of his arguments. And then also it was just sort of like, look, this isn't all that shocking. The difference between these numbers is pretty marginal and wouldn't make too much too much out of it. Um, but just uh, you know, just take it as people believe Donald Trump. So that was his that was his general take on, on this thing, which which might be, you know, that, that might be accurate. That might be how people who were polled responded to it. Um, but it's but but it's telling. It's telling that, yeah, you know, when you fill out a poll mm-hmm. that you know, 29% of the people said, I don't trust Donald Trump. But, and that's among Republican voters. Look at that number. This is why I'm utterly convinced, even with people like Bill Cassidy, a senator from Louisiana who voted to impeach Trump and thinks he should drop out of the race because he's unqualified to be president, would still vote for him because he has to vote for the Republican. Setting that guy aside and that, that archetype, when nearly 30% of Republican voters say they do not believe what this person tells them, that is stunning. <laughs> that is stunning. And also, when, 30, when, when uh, you know, no, uh, the, 37% yeah. don't believe what their family and friends tell them to be true, and yes. 44% so, don't believe conservative media, and more than 50% don't believe what religious leaders tell them. Who do you believe about anything? I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm so not saying you have you, to believe these people, but you, how's it going? How you yeah, doing? when you... This polling, based on the graphic that you've got up here, is this is among Trump voters. Yeah. So these are people, these aren't just like Republican voters. These are actually people yeah. who have voted for Donald Trump. Thir- one in you know, 30%, yeah. one in three, one in three. <laughs> doesn't believe him. Right. Like that's like these numbers are shocking kind of going, coming and going. Yeah. Like they're like, wait a minute. If, if you're driving in a carpool, uh, dr- driving next to a carpool and you look over and you see a Trump sticker on the back of a vehicle and there's three people in it. You're like, one of those people doesn't even believe Donald Trump. It's one third. It's one third of the people in the carpool. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, but here's the other thing is they don't care. They'll vote for him yeah. anyway. And, and yeah. this is, you know, for all the political work we do, and by the way, our work is not just to defeat Donald Trump and, and so on. Um, that's hopefully an outcome. Our hope is to help faith voters and anyone else interested to see their political identity through the lens of the common good rather than through the lens of a party. This is what makes it sad that so many people are this hardwired in when the party of Republican is making it so hard on those people to say what they used to say with a straight face. It's simply stunning. To see the uh, see the shift and the comporting that people have done to shift their own beliefs to all kinds of things, and we we all know it. And and look, we've all been in a relationship with someone for whom we've changed our views because we want to maintain that friendship or relationship or something, or we act differently. You know, that's yeah. that's normal. Yeah. Yes. For instance, when I was in Bible college, uh, I dated a girl uh, briefly when I was a freshman, who. Um, came from a church that was a King James only mm. church, which means uh, they're at, at their church, they only use the King James version of the Bible. Um, any other translation was deemed as, uh, you know, demonic and unreliable and, you know, mm-hmm. all sorts of things. And so uh, for a brief period of time while dating this girl, I carried a King James Bible to chapel. <laughs> Even though I was uh, not a King James Bible user. But so, yeah, I mean, yeah, sometimes you twist what you believe, you know, for some sure. reason. Yeah, right. Like, you know, you're, you're like you're a grandparent and you do all kinds of things, you know, because your grandchild really likes doing it or your parent or you're just a good friend. 
but not normally your political leaders. Normally you don't say, okay, I guess, I guess we're not for bilateral agreements anymore. I guess we're, <laughs> I guess we're not for law and order anymore. I guess the justice yeah. department's all, all corrupt. I guess yeah. we're against the FBI now. Apparently uh, Vladimir Putin has a right to take land next door. Didn't used to think so, but now I'm here. This is the thing that is just yeah. stunning. And I hear people say it now, you know, every president, uh, every presidential term gets shinier as time goes on. People start looking mm. back and start saying, oh, here's mm. some really good things we didn't notice and we didn't know. Unless you're a Democrat and the Democrats just, you know, say bad things about, about all, all previous uh, administrations in one way or the other. Because, you know, we're all nervous about, you know, uh, the future. But Republicans especially tend to put a little spit shine on that thing. And they're really trying to do this to the Trump years, acting like there were great accomplishments, like Donald Trump should have won that election in 2020 because of all of his domestic and international accomplishments. And you're like, seriously? Like what? You want to go to Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Georgia? You, know, you want to find any of the infrastructure deals they had? I mean, set aside, <laughs> the, set aside the deficit ballooning tax cuts that no one other than the most wealthy investors care about. And what in the world did this guy do that anyone says, well, that was a doozy. That one really worked. I, I mean, truly, I, I know I'm biased and I can't see the truth when it comes to Donald Trump sometimes, but I don't know that there's a lot. But boy, these Republicans are spit shining that thing up as if, um, and that's gonna be the downside to Trump not being on the debate stage, to circle back to that. For him not to be on the debate stage, no one is going to be saying, well, Mike Pence, Mike Pence yeah. will carry that water. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I retract those comments before your sister-in-law tells me uh, to retract those comments. Mike Pence will be the one who's going to be saying, under the Trump-Pence administration, we did blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, uh, no one's going yeah. to care. Because, again, yeah. Republicans don't vote based on policy. They vote on identity, like we all do. And no one cares about the policies. Yep. They'll set them aside in a minute to have the right person. Yep. Yep. But when you dig a little deeper, um, maybe Donald Trump isn't quite as popular mm -hmm. and as inevitable as, you know, you might you might think. Mm -hmm. I, I Doug, are we, are we grasping at straws for any kind of reassurance when we look at this story that says that, you know, when you, when you actually net out the, uh, the polling, mm -hmm. um, because in Iowa, um, people are, are able, it, it's not ranked choice voting completely, mm -hmm. but in the Iowa caucuses, people choose not just their first choice, but also their second choice. Uh, because the way the caucuses work, they've got to go through that kind of process. So there, it is a little bit like ranked choice voting. Um, and, and Doug, you're not on the screen Thank anymore you. once again. Um, and so um, when you – the polling that's done, that has been done, actually shows that when you net out all of that according to the system that works in Iowa, um, Trump actually has uh, a favorability ranking of, of – Third. Third. Not first. Yeah. The, the people who really don't like Donald Trump and the Republican Party live in Iowa. Like his, uh, he is more popular in other parts of the country than Iowa and New Hampshire, which is a real pr problem for him at one level and, and, and ultimately may not be if nobody else can, can rise up. But you're right. The, the, he's the third less favorably looked upon candidate, but the number one candidate overall. And that could be because mm -hmm. the, all the people who find him to be unfavorable have spread their support over other candidates or haven't decided on one yet. So they just find him to be unappealing un, un, uh, and don't have a favorable view of him, but they don't know who they want to go to yet. This is what a lot of, of the candidates in Iowa are banking on. It's why they're there. That's why eventually Common Good's going to try to be there this fall and try to be prodding some of those people to take a good, hard look at the common good and don't vote for any of these uh, folks because it's a little hard to get there from here um, to the common good. So <clears throat> that's, that could be what's going on. And it doesn't, it doesn't rank well for, for Trump. But again, he only needs to be more popular than his opponent at any given point. 
2016 <laughs> is is the is this is the test mm -hmm. case for that, right? Donald yes. Trump, the most unpopular presidential candidate ever, save one. And that was his opponent in 2016, who I supported yeah. and, and thought very highly of. Uh, but I was I was in the in the uh, in the minority on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so that's the uh, that's the that's the bank that they've the banking that they've all got is is they kind of don't mm -hmm. care. And this is the weird thing about Republican politics right now. It used to be that if you had a favorability ranking of being the third, you, you didn't have a chance. The other two were going to were going to win you out. But also, Iowa doesn't tend to pick the winners uh in recent years it's true. anyway. It's true. Um, what Iowa does is Iowa tends to uh, pick a, some, some kind of, you know, Cinderella or darling that, you know, all of a sudden kind of hits the, hits the, uh, the, the front page of the paper, so to speak, mm -hmm. and, and jumps in popularity and becomes involved in the race as a result of that. Uh, and you know, I, so it, it, Iowa is a uh, an unreliable predictor of who the president is going to is ultimately going to be, and we're we're still a ways out. Yeah, I mean, so it's it's closing quickly when you stop to think about it. Like it's, you know, we're one hundred percent into the. You know, it's almost September. We're almost into the fall of twenty three, and yeah. all of this starts. You know, before spring arrives. Um, you know, we're, we're going to be, we're going to be counting, counting votes. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's, um, it's shaping up, uh, without a big kerfluffle in the next six weeks, th this group of people, plus the criminal convict, uh, this group of people, plus the criminal convict are the, going to be the choices. And if you're a Republican right now and you're saying to yourself, I can't vote for Donald Trump, but that's the, that's the other option. This is like having to eat at a gas station on a road trip. You're just like, normally yeah. I don't do this, but the options are thin yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, and I know, I know it's a, I know it's a for focus group of one. I have a, I have a, a friend who, um, who I spent some time with on Friday, uh, he is not super political, but he does pay a little bit of attention. He's not a Trump guy, though he likes the tax cuts and sure. you know that. Like he's just, you know, I, I think he's he's very typical of a lot of folks. Uh, you know, he texted me and is like, you know, what do I have to do to convince you to run for president? Um, <laughs> you, know, you know that kind of thing, um, and. Uh, and, and we were talking and, and, and he brought up Vivek. He's like, what do you think of this guy Vivek? Uh, you know, I, and he's, and I'm not sure that he could name all eight of these people. Uh -huh. Um, but there, so this Vivek guy, like, I think he's the one that could, that could, you know, sure. listen. I'm, yeah. I'm not good at making these predictions. Yeah. I like I'm consistently wrong about everything I predict. Mm -hmm. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Go like go the opposite on this. Vivek could be the one who pops coming mm -hmm. out of Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, he could because he's going to seem fresh. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a record at all. And he can just simply yep. say, this is the world that I want to see happen. Yep. I've listened to him and I find the world he describes to be disturbing. I yes. think that the way he frames up the issues in the country, what we face, how we should be involved globally, not someone who uh, we should be, who I want to be supporting at all. And I think there would be some real consequence. He has, he has Trump-like sensibilities internationally. He's yeah. America first yeah. at an even more extremist, extremist rate. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yes but, but you're could, right. People, people might but, find him to be uh, fresh and appealing. And, and he's, a, yeah. he's a really good communicator. Like his, his yes. affect and his delivery is compelling and he grabs you and he, and he, sort, of, he sort of takes yeah. you somewhere. And, you know, I said he might, he might pop coming out of Iowa. Um, let me just clarify. Um, like he might pop coming out of this debate. Like he could be the one yeah. that people go, oh, well, if we're going to need an alternative to Trump, he be like he could be the one that that pops. Um, 
Doug, yeah. MJ, not a fan of your hat. Yeah. MJ, appreciate your, uh, I, I think he's referring, I think MJ is referring to my hat. Um, uh, well, I'm not wearing a hat today. So. Yes. So, but it could have been a reference uh, just randomly to anything. But I'm going to assume, <laughs> even though I'm a little thrown off by the phrase, the silly hat uh, has to go. The uh, silly yes. little hat. MJ, yeah. you've, you, you, you've, not, you've not seen the hat. It actually is not that little. See, here's the problem with the uh, order in yeah. which uh, comments come in. Uh, uh, on the screen. He's a nutcase. Uh, so, so, Who's the he? Yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. the he? I'm, I'm sure it's Vivek. I'm sure it's Vivek. Hey, uh, there's another person, though, that we do know with yeah. greater certainty is going to be running uh, for president of do the United we? States, and that is Joe Biden. Do yeah, the, I mean, the, the greatest level of certainty between any of these people being on the ballot or Donald Trump being on the ballot because he's going to make a plea deal by which he can't hold public office is a, is a, a very, very highly held opinion um then there's uh then there's our guy uh old joe biden uh just just old joe doing doing what he can uh to try to you know shore up asia and put together a freshened alliance between japan south korea the united states um in sort of a uh, asian blockade along with stuff that's going on in in Indonesia and uh and, and other places there's a lot happening but here's the thing nobody pays attention and I know every presidential administration says this they all feel this way we can't get anyone to pay attention to what we're doing and the policies and even when it was the Trump years it was all about the tweets and they're you know they're still saying he would have won the election had the media not been paying attention to the to the kerfluffle and to all the stuff but he was literally saying it. It's like he's standing in the corner juggling, and then they're saying, hey, this would have been a really great event had people not been paying attention to the guy in the corner juggling. And you're like, well, that's why mm -hmm. he's juggling, right? The, everything he's doing is just simply to stir up the attention. Biden has taken the opposite approach. He's just like, we're just going to have a meeting at Camp David, and we're going to be... And they're trying to be so, like, um, buttoned up and get it done and pass the yeah. CHIPS Act and pass the Inflation Reduction Act and make sure that food subsidies are supported and make sure that, that energy and, and clean uh, uh, environment is coming our way, making sure that we have alliances around. They're doing all that work, building bridges and putting in water plants. But you got to get out and tell people about that stuff too, right? <laughs> like it's um, a meeting at Camp David between the the head of Japan and the head of South Korea is historic because Japanese and South Korean leaders have not wanted to work together and be together. It's a huge, huge accomplishment. But your level of political nerdery has to be so high <laughs> to know that that's an accomplishment. Uh, otherwise, it just looks like three people standing at podiums, um, uh, you know, giving another talk at a, at a, at a Camp David retreat. So uh, big deal, huge week for the Biden administration on a number of fronts, um, getting a lot of, uh, of promises uh, ticked off of their boxes, fulfilling them one after the other. And over and over and over, it feels to people like, well, you know, you made dinner, you mowed the lawn, you changed the oil, you cleaned the dishwasher. But, you know, why don't you do something sort of special? And, you know, people are like, I don't know, because I'm doing the stuff you do to live in a house. I'm doing the normal life. And they're like, bring us, bring us a little something special. So can the Biden administration stir up passions and care so that anyone other than a Democrat who will already vote for Biden or the Democrats, anybody else want to get excited about this and vote? Uh, I, I, I'm not seeing it yet. Hoping that it comes because uh, American politics is... Yep is a fan sport. There's no yeah. doubt and about that. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Fox News, the headline on foxnews.com currently is that Joe Biden is in Maui um, and uh, was going down a, a line greeting people that were working there. Um, came across a, a worker who was there with a dog. The dog was wearing little boots and, and Biden cracked a joke about how the ground was hot. And uh, so the headline on, uh, on Fox News 
is not about Joe Biden bringing together Japan and South Korea. <laughs> it's not about any of this stuff. It's uh, about the fact that he cracked a joke in Maui that, you know, and it, as you know, Doug, as a as a person who cracks jokes, as a, as am I. They don't always land. Hmm. They don't always like they're not. I mean, maybe I don't know. <laughs> you, have, you ever have that experience, Doug? Wouldn't have seen that coming. But anyway, go on. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, they don't always land. They don't yeah. like they don't. They're not. A, you, you do it off the top of your head, off the cuff. Yeah. And like, you but know, look, if what they're then, trying to say is let's come. So here's a national crisis. Hmm. Biden goes there and makes light of something. National crisis. Puerto Rico, Trump goes and throws paper towels, right? Yeah. This is what we do in our politics. We, yeah. we notice when the person's not behaving in the way we want and then make a big deal out of it. And yeah. now, will the throwing of paper towels be a bigger memory point than a comment to a person on a, li- at a, on a greeting line? Probably Probably uh, had, had Biden, you know, uh, done a little dance because the ground was hot. Maybe then you got a visual for it. But yeah, this is the, look uh, how Biden handles the Maui disaster and any other disasters it is something that that they need to take really seriously. And I know a lot of people feel like Hawaii is part of the United States, but there's a, a lack of sympathy and empathy yeah. from people for a couple of reasons. One, it feels like a vacation spot. The other is it's primarily the indigenous people's history there that was so affected by this horrible, horrible fire. And that's easy for people in the rest of the country to set aside and act like that that thing doesn't, doesn't matter quite as much. Um, so there's some pressures is to take, you know, the Hawaiian Islands experience and bring it back home and say, we're, we're doing something here. Um, into people's lives because it, it feels far away. It feels far away to people. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the Biden administration is just thinking, oh, you know, there's no real upside for us here. FEMA needs to get in. We need to do all of our work. The full force of the federal government needs to help this state. We need to help these people. This needs, And then when we do, it's like emptying the dishwasher, mowing yeah. the lawn. Yeah. And it will be the same thing in California as well. With, yes. Uh, with her, with uh, the tropical storm, Hillary. Yeah. Oh, was it downgraded from a hurricane to a I, tropical I storm? It, yeah, I believe it has been. Wow, because Hurricane Hillary really had a... I mean, it sounds like a drink at the beach, but also yeah. it just yeah. uh, it really yeah. had a re- really had a ring to it if they could have kept that. But now they have to probably yeah. technically not refer to it that way. Yeah, that's really a, that's really a thing too, isn't it? And yeah. look, you've said it well every time we bring this up. Big difference between weather, which are the daily, weekly, yearly adjustments, and climate which is those weather patterns over a period of time. So if someone wants to know the difference between weather and climate, so if you get a little snow late in the year or a particularly warm winter, that could just be weather. But if that starts happening on a regular pattern over time, then you start to refer to it as the climate. So we are definitely seeing atmospheric and ocean warming changes that are going to last long enough. The things we're seeing now are going to be repeated and they will ultimately be climate adjustments by some manner of degree. And uh, there is, Rob, I am shocked, truly, truly shocked about this one. Very little care or concern about Mm. climate change. I mean, Mm. compared to, you go back to 2000, 23 years ago, I don't know, Al Gore, the former vice president and, you know, 513 votes away from being president of the United States, shifted all of his attention to a huge climate push in the early 2000s. It was so much, so much so that Republicans and religious conservatives pushed back against climate change as a notion, fought it. Mm -hmm. Now it's not even worth fighting over. Now people just shake their heads and walk away. And I don't know, it's, it's a little shocking that all of this goes on and there's not more, I know people say it and they talk about it and I've got buttons and I've been at rallies and do that stuff. But even being at those rallies doesn't, it, it feels, it feels like the annual get together 
yeah. more than it feels like the crisis of the moment. So I, it is, yep. it is curious with all the things we've seen, water shortages in the West, all this stuff. It's, it's yep. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, frankly, and, and Doug, you know, this, it's, it's, I, I told you the other day, it's become, uh, it has become crisis level in my mind. And, uh, I'm going to be doing some work with a group that's trying to, uh, to shockingly that this is necessary, but continue to raise awareness, uh, because there's so many people who just don't care. Just don't and, care. uh, and, and so there's, you know, there's, uh, I'll be doing some work with a group that's ta- taking, I think a, a real creative approach to, Mm-hmm. getting inside of people's hearts and minds when it comes to realizing that the climate is changing. Here's something else, Doug, I don't know. Like, so I don't know if you've heard this. I, I, we're totally way off, you know, way off the beaten track. Now I got to research this, but Frank Lutz, who is, um, you know, became famous as a pollster on Fox. He's, I think he's since left Fox news. Um, you know, he, previously he, you know, he was a Republican pollster before he ended up on Fox news and uh, and apparently his you know is credited with doing a lot of the work that's shaping the terminology that really is determinative of how people yeah. think about issues. Um, and uh, apparently Frank Lutz is the one who came up with the phrase uh, climate change mm-hmm. because it was better than global warming. Um, and. Democrats just went along, like just capitulated mm-hmm. instead of saying, glo- instead of continuing with the phrase uh, global warming, just, you know, it's similar to like when we now we, you know, like George W. Bush would talk about tax relief instead of tax cuts, mm-hmm. um, you know, those kinds of just little tweaks of language. But climate change is one that apparently um, Republicans came up with to decrease the um, sense of alarm about the fact that the climate is changing. Yeah. Yeah. That the globe is warming. Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting little thing. Yeah. And, and and the order at which you describe issues of climate change have something to do with the outcome at which people care about it. But when you're in this level of fine tuning the messaging to, to get motivation, you know, you're in trouble, right? Yeah. Like you're, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that if that yeah, if that's if what you have to do is say different our, words, like maybe yes. we'll find the yeah. right magic if, marketing yes. words. Then we are not yes. in a place where people are taking this seriously. Yeah. If your house is on fire and you're like, but let's call it a blaze, <laughs> um, like you know, like that. That's you a got thing. bigger problem. Yeah. And look, this is I. My guess is it's not even going to come up in the debate tomorrow night on the Republican stage. Right. Uh, yes. Where. It clearly did in other debates. But you know what's going to come up tomorrow in Milwaukee? Vote Common Good. We're going to be out there. So if you watch these channels, if you watch these streams, we're going to be out um, talking to people about all manner of things. We're going to run a little press conference with faith leaders outside of the arena. Um, and some of this might go live. We might have to record it and then put it up an hour or so later. It just depends on what our internet access is there. Um, and we're going to be doing some interviews, some people on the street interviews about people going into the debate and other gaggles of people around the debate. There becomes a whole atmosphere around this. And it's going to be 97 degrees in Milwaukee tomorrow when we're outside doing this. So, yeah, so it's going to be hotty toddy. Yeah, keep your eye open for uh, Doug in his silly little hat. You might see him on Fox News. Yeah, well, never know. Uh, all right, anything else we need to talk about? Uh, uh, Dennis, always, thank you. Jeff, Michael, there. Maxine, MJ, Peggy, Alex, Jim, uh, Tiffany, Robert, Evie, Leah. All of you, thanks so much for uh, for being part of the uh, of the live stream chats. Those of you that uh, only listen on the podcast. Um, I don't know, you could send a little note to uh, podcast and vote common good, and and we'll say thank you. Mike, talk thinking about you. Yep. Yep, thinking about you. Joe, Joe, I know you listen. Uh, What's your sister-in-law's name again? Courtney. 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 Thanks for listening. And if you listened all this way, Courtney, uh, great. Tell Rob the secret word is blue hat. And uh, then, then he'll know that you listened. Uh, that you listened all the way, all the way to the end of the, all the way to the end of the I podcast. Thought, I thought the secret word was going to be 
Doug is right. <laughs> uh, it's just it's just a guess. Yeah. We will see. We will see. And uh, I, I don't think there's any real news coverage come come Thursday. But somehow, if something happens with um, the former uh, failed casino owner turning himself in to the authorities in Georgia for the crimes he's charged with, we will uh, we'll come see you. We'll come see you here on, the, on these live streams. And, uh, of course, there's podcasts. So if you don't already uh, subscribe to this podcast, just go to the places where you do that kind of thing and, and subscribe to our podcast. It just it helps. When more people subscribe, then more people know about it. It's just how the word, world works. It's just a cruel uh, law of the algorithm. So, uh, And also, if you're not watching this over on, on YouTube, that's our preference. So even if Facebook's your favorite interface, just head over to YouTube. Yeah subscribe to our channel, like a video or something, and all of that behavior helps spread this. So more people like you can see stuff like this. Hey, we'll be back tomorrow. We did um, some interviews when we were in North Carolina uh, with people, and that's going to be uh, on, the, on the live streams and podcasts tomorrow. Faith leaders who are finding good ways to make the common good more common uh, while we make our way to uh, Milwaukee, and then we'll be somewhere at some point. We'll bring to you what we see and experience outside the debate uh, stage in Milwaukee. Good. Very, very exciting. Lots happening. All right. We'll see y'all. Bye.